0: You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. Now I was dreaming one night and the dream got to a point where it was on the verge of getting really quite scary. And I was in front of this dream and it wasn't clear to me like was this thing a terrifying thing, or was it just something ordinary? I was in two minds about it. I couldn't tell whether this was something terrifying or just something mundane, and I remember saying to myself, "Well, listen, Alice, is your dream? It's your dream, so." If you don't want it to be terrifying, don't make it be terrifying. If you've got two choices here between something mundane and something terrifying, just decide that it's mundane. And I did. And I've had this experience a few times where I've been at that crossroads in the dream where it's, is this terrifying? Or is this just okay? Is this just mundane and ordinary? And I have that experience each time. Well, it's your dream. You can decide. So if you don't want it to be terrifying, choose the other one. And I do. And even though this is quite a rare experience for me, it has happened, as I say, on a few occasions. And each time, it's an example of something which is called lucid dreaming. Now, lucid dreaming... Describes what happens when you're actually dreaming. But you become aware that you're in the dream. I might even, like in the examples that I experienced. Even gain some sort of control over the direction of the dream. So when you're lucid dreaming. You become aware that you're in the dream. Now I raise this because. There are certain lucid dreaming techniques, if you like, that might actually be helpful in waking life. So I thought I would share them with you just in case you find them useful, especially if you like the idea of the world being somewhat enchanted. And the first of these techniques is what we might call meta-awareness. Now, one of the key researchers about lucid dreaming is a guy called Stephen LeBerge. And he's done all sorts of sleep labs and these kind of lucid dreaming laboratories. And has has experienced lucid dreaming himself. And one of the things that he says is that if you get too emotionally aroused in a lucid dream, then you break out of it. So in order to kind of stay aware that you're in the dream, you basically have to regulate your emotions. And the way that you do that is to be in that place where you kind of take a step outside of yourself, where you're observing yourself being in the dream. That's what we mean by meta-awareness, like outside awareness. So you're watching yourself be. So when you're being meta-aware and you're able to regulate your emotions in that way because you're just watching yourself in the dream rather than fully experiencing it as we typically do, then that kind of meta-awareness is what keeps you inside of a lucid dream. Now, this is a skill that's useful in everyday life as well. That When we start observing ourselves. That's essentially that mindful kind of skill set, which allows us to just take one step back from that emotional cacophony. And so if you ever heard somebody say you are not your thoughts, then this is an example of meta awareness where you're stepping outside of yourself and then you're able to observe yourself having the thoughts or observing yourself experiencing the emotion. And that kind of meta-awareness, they call it, that kind of mindfulness where you can step back and observe yourself having the thoughts, having the emotion, is exactly the kind of skill that keeps you in lucid dreaming, but is also something that is known to be helpful in waking life as well. So that's the first one, meta-awareness. The second one is a kind of dream interpretation. So I was listening to an interview with a lucid dreaming writer called Robert Wagner. And what Robert Wagner was saying is that when he is inside his lucid dreams, one of the things that he can do, which is kind of nifty, is he can interpret his dreams while he's in the midst of them. So one of the things that people will do in terms of dream interpretation is when you wake up and you realise you've had a particular dream, one of the things you can do is say, well, I wonder what each of these things represented. Well, what Robert Wagner does, he asks them while he's in the dream. So you might be there with a, A particular character in the dream and he will sometimes turn to them and say what do you represent like what is your purpose in this dream and they'll tell him so (laughs) the different elements of the dream actually interpret the dream while he's actually in it and I found this kind of an interesting thing because again in waking life we can ask this question sometimes too I sometimes ask it of clients in terms of some of the feelings and sensations that come up. So, for instance, what is the purpose of your anxiety? Those anxious feelings, you know, if the anxiety was a friend, but it doesn't have actual words. And so all it can really do is get you feeling jangly and get you feeling those anxious feelings as a way of alerting you to the message that it's got. What is its purpose? What is its message? What does it represent? What's it trying to tell you? Now, Robert Wagner will just be able to ask that to whoever he's with in the dream. But it's an interesting question to ask in waking life as well. There's a thing, isn't there, where you know, in certain kinds of Zen training. When somebody bothers you, for instance, when somebody's getting on your nerves or when someone's kind of driving you up the wall, they will often say, oh, they're your trainer. They're your trainer. They're there to to kind of help you with your ninja training, if you like, that they're teaching you how to be Zen even in the face of this provocation. And so it's an interesting question, isn't it? Just to kind of enter that dream world state even while we're awake and just ask questions of the things around us. Well, what does this represent? What is the purpose of this in this dream that we call life? And even in terms of our own bodies, what does this feeling represent? What's it trying to tell me what's its purpose? And it can be kind of a, an interesting question just to ask. And we can ask it of anything. You know, the cyclist who's just come round the corner. Well, what do you represent? What is your purpose in this dream of life? Because sometimes you can come up with interesting answers just by playing that game. Now, the third thing is something that they call the symbolic answer technique. Now, some Buddhists will say, all this, a dream. So if all this is a dream, imagine if we were to say to ourselves, okay, in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get some sort of symbolic answer to an important question. Like in a dream, when we interpret dreams, we kind of look for symbolism And that symbolism represents this or represents that. But as we're just kind of walking around, maybe if we open ourselves to that symbolic answer, I wonder what we might come up with. I wonder what innate wisdom might be unlocked simply by opening ourselves up to the symbolic metaphors that are coming up all the time just in ordinary life. It sounds a bit highfalutin, doesn't it? And, you know, maybe some of these ideas don't land and maybe some of them do. But I wonder what will happen if in the next, say, half hour, you open yourself to the idea of some sort of symbolic answer to a question that you're pondering. If you were to kind of just take as a metaphor that idea of all this a dream and apply some of those ideas of dream life, into waking life, and see, you know, does it produce any answers? Does it produce any kind of insights that you might not have otherwise have? It might do, it might not, but it's an interesting game to play. Wagner was saying that he does that at workshops sometimes, you know, on a break, he'll say, okay, you're going on a break now. And he'll invite them to do the symbolic answer technique, and many of them will find insights by treating the world around them as a collection of symbols, like dream symbols almost. And they would find some insight to a question in their life that they have been pondering. So let's have a recap then. We saw that there is a technique called lucid dreaming, which basically means that you're aware of your dream and can even take control of your dreams. And there were three lucid dreaming techniques that I thought might be funky to kind of look at in terms of daily life. One is meta-awareness, that sense of observing yourself having the dream can apply to real life as well. You can observe yourself having your thoughts, observe yourself having your emotions, observe yourself doing the various actions that you do. And the big benefit of that is that we can help ourselves become less reactive, more separated, more in control as a result. And just as we can maybe direct our dreams better with that meta-awareness, those who are into mindfulness say that you can direct life better by doing the same thing. The second is that question in dreams, what do you represent? You'll remember Robert Wagner used to actually ask, and does still ask, the uh, characters in the dream with him what do you represent in the dream what's your purpose in this dream and he'd have them interpret it there and then now in the same way you can ask that of your own sensations of your own emotions your anxiety your depression maybe what's your purpose in this life what's your purpose in this moment and maybe even extend that to anything around you that you notice That if this had a purpose, if this had a message, if this had something that it represents, what might it be? And the third thing is that idea of all this a dream, the symbolic answer technique where you say, right, in the next half hour, I'm going to find a symbolic answer to a question that I'm pondering. And I think the potential value of this is often we can get very logical, can't we? We can get very left brain. And what this invites us to do is to just let our right brain play that creative side of ourselves to play and find some insights that maybe it might have been locked out of if we were to just focus on what's going on in terms of our logical brain. And so the three things are meta-awareness, what do you represent, what's your purpose in this dream? And finally, the symbolic answer technique, Where we specifically look for some sort of symbolism in terms of the world that is just ticking along around us. So I hope you find that useful. Have a little play with it and see whether your right brain gets uh, some insights that you might not have got otherwise. If you find it useful, then please pass it on to somebody else so that they can get the benefits as well. And uh, just to remind you, coming soon, I've got a course called Nine Ways to Beat Depression. If you want to find out more about that and put yourself on the waiting list, just go to a slice of forward slash nine ways. That's a slice of therapy.com forward slash nine ways. If you'd like to work with me directly, then you can do. I'm Alan Parry. You can find out more at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to Liverpool because, uh, you know, I work online, video and telephone calls as well. So if you'd like to work with me, that's where you'll find me. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast if I can get my words out. Subscribe to the podcast uh, because it's free and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. But thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again at the next one.